What if you believed you could have any success you want? What would you do differently? What would you think differently? Thank you for listening to On the Air with Jeanette Sibley. It's your time for success. I'm coming to you from the Mile High City of Denver, Colorado. My focus each week is to share with you success tips, insights, and how to do it that help you achieve the results and successes you've always wanted in your business, in your career, and in other areas of your life. Are you ready to uncover the success you've always wanted? I believe today's guest will help you think bigger. Today is Jill Tejan, and we're going to be talking about why is it important to promote yourself. So I'm going to say welcome to the amazing Jill Tejan, and as you listen to this podcast, you will be amazed too. Jill Tejan is an engineer. Before women believed this could even be a viable career, she's been on boards of directors, an advocate for women in STEM, inducted into the Women's Colorado Women's Hall of Fame in 2010, and this year she was inducted into the Colorado Authors Hall of Fame along with Stephen King, Madeleine Albright, and Clive Cussler, to name a few. Her recognition was, in part, due to one of her books, Her Story, Women in Hollywood. The URL for this book will be provided in the podcast overview. To achieve these recognitions, it required Jill to brag about her accomplishments when being nominated. It took Jill being an advocate for others. And it also took Jill having courage to share and promote herself. In a minute, I'm going to have Jill introduce herself. And as I do with each guest, I'm going to have her introduce herself in 20 words or less. Why? Many times we hurt our opportunities for success by sharing way too much about ourselves too soon. Instead of waiting until the other person has expressed an interest in learning more. I've outlined how to create brags in my book, It's Time to Brag. And again, this URL for this book is provided in this podcast overview. Jill Tejan, welcome. How oh, are you? you? Thank you, Jeanette. It's great to be here. Great. And in 20 words or less, please share with the audience who you are. I am a best-selling and award-winning author, national speaker, and electrical engineer. Wow, I like that. And I thought you had a new tagline. Don't you have a new tagline? I don't, I'm remembering it right now, Jeanette. Oh, you're talking, <laughs> oh, you're talking about what I do now. Right. Oh, I didn't prepare that. I okay. restore the missing pieces of history. I write women into history. The half of the world that we don't know about that isn't written about into the history books, I restore that part. I love that. I love that. And I think you've done an amazing job. I actually do have a copy of her um, book, uh, Her Story, Hollywood. And it's just beautifully done, beautifully illustrated. And it's like one of those books that you could only read a couple pages at a time, but you always want to go back and see what's next. So great work. Well, thank you. Yeah. So tell, tell everybody, tell our audience about how you got started in your career and why did you become an engineer? I mean, back then that, that just wasn't considered an option for women. I started at college actually as a math major because no one at that time, as you've already indicated, 
told me that engineering was an appropriate career for women or that engineering was an appropriate career for me. But halfway through my first semester at the University of Virginia, I realized that engineering was actually where I wanted to be. Mm. I made cool. all the arrangements to transfer. I went and visited with the dean, and I was then in the engineering school, the beginning of what at the University of Virginia is called the second year, otherwise known as the <laughs> sophomore year. I really, that's, that's what so appealed to me. I wanted the applications of the science, not the pure science in the research, but the applications. And then I went to work in the electric utility industry. I started at Duke Power Company in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I loved being an engineer. I loved solving problems. That's what engineers do. We solve problems. And being of service effectively in the electric utility industry really appealed to me. We, the public, the American public, takes for granted the electricity that we have. In fact, right now, as we're speaking, Pacific Gas and Electric in California is planning to cut off 800,000 people from their electricity, and people are starting to understand how much we take it for granted. Right, we do. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a great career. Um, and when I attended the University of Virginia, I was in the third class of women who were admitted. So I was one of the very few women at the University of Virginia in engineering. And I just thought there were few women at the University of Virginia in engineering. I didn't realize there were few women in engineering, period. period. <laughs> but I learned that. But, but you know, when this is something that you really want to do, it's something that your talents and abilities have prepared you for, and it's interesting and wonderful for you, then, that's what, that's what you do. That's what you have to do. Right. I say in the talks that I give that the women who succeeded in her story, A Timeline of the Women Who Changed America, and Hollywood, her story, an illustrated history of women in the movies, demonstrate passion, determination, and persistence. And passion means that's what you have to do. It's not just something that mm. you think, that you think is interesting, that you know, maybe you'll try this or you'll try that. No, passion is what you need to do. And so how does somebody find passion? I mean, we have listeners from all different walks of life. Sometimes people say passion is overrated. Other times people say, find your passion and life will be great. Like, how do you find your passion? My path to finding passion was very long and very difficult. In 1994, 25 years ago, when my first husband told me he was moving out and I went into counseling, one of the things that I started investigating was who am I and what do mm. I do in my life? At that point, my role model, who was primarily my father, had gone to college, gone to work, he basically worked his entire life at one place. He got very ill and then he died. And so that was what I thought my life path was going to be, but it mm -hmm. wasn't. And so I actually read a book called First Things First that has a worksheet in it that helped me figure out who I was, the different roles that define each of us. We're not just 
one thing or one person. Right. I'm an engineer. Um, I'm not just an author now. I'm also a wife. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm a cousin. I'm a niece. I'm all kinds of things. I'm a right. And so it's a matter of bringing passion then to each of those areas of your life and then seeing what bubbles up to the top. For a lot of people today, I mean, you know, they, they say, I want to pursue my passion, but it doesn't pay enough. So what do, what do, how do people that, you know, they have found their passion, but they're not able to find their job. I know a lot of people are into side gigs or side hustles, um, but how, does, how, does, how do you take that and pull? pull together the passion, recognize the passion, and then build upon that? Well, the good news for me was that I was passionate about being an engineer, actually pays the bills. <laughs> it was, and I'm also passionate now about writing women into history, which by the way, isn't paying the bills. And so the engineering always provided that backstop for me in terms of the financial piece. I serve on two boards right now, and that's helping to, to but, it, but it's all I'm passionate about all of it, which is really good. And so now I'm actually working on how to figure out how to make this passion for restoring women, putting them into history, putting the missing pieces back into history for women, trying to figure out how to make that something that I can devote basically all of my efforts to, but I haven't right. yet. And I think that's also important that a hard process, this, this is not an easy process. It takes a long time, a lot of work, a lot of effort. And sometimes the first thing we do works, but usually it's not even close to the first thing. Right. I mean, success many times, as you know, is how you define it. And for a lot of people today, passion is one of the ingredients that they look at. Uh, the other is, are they able to pay their bills? Uh, and the third thing is, are they able to pursue what's important to them in life? And it sounds to me like you've been able to do all of that. And I think the message here from what I'm hearing, and please feel free to expound upon it, is that it takes time. And oh. too often we become very impatient. We wanted it today or yesterday. And even if it's staring us in the face, sometimes we want to argue with it as opposed to embrace it and take it each step and see what do we need to do next. I see a smiling there, so there must be a good reason for that. Oh, there's, there's, a, there's a tremendous reason for that. Patience is one of the qualities that I've been working on for a long time. Why do you have to work on patience for a long time? I think we all have, particularly us A-type. Well, we're, we're, we're A-types. We want whatever we think needs to happen. We want it right now. And this was, this was a big life lesson for me that it does. It takes a tremendous amount of patience. And you have to believe that if you are enjoying the things that you're doing, if they are meaningful to you, if you're putting together your life the way you want to put together your life, that it will all come together in the end, whatever the end is, and that is patience and a long time. Right, it does. So along the way, I mean, I know you've had a lot of different successes. I know that's something that you've worked hard throughout your life. 
you didn't work hard thinking I want to I want to achieve some kind of recognition uh, you were working hard because you value working hard you have a work ethic that says working hard is important um, what would you say are your one or two challenges that you experienced along the way and how did you resolve them there have been actually quite a number of challenges I would say this patient's one both the patient's one and the finding of my passion and understanding that I had choices in life were very significant challenges to me there have also been personal challenges as well. And what I, what I say, because I do speak about this to my audiences, is you just actually have to take one step at a time. Whenever a challenge presents itself, you don't actually think, oh my goodness, you know, whatever it is, is over. This is an obstacle that I'm not going to be able to deal with. It is taking one step at a time. What is the one thing I can do next that will help me through this problem? And then once you've done that and whatever the result was, now what is the next step that I can do to resolve this problem? I mean, I learned a lot, a lot about this when I was programming computers many, many years ago. Most people, there are a few, but most people don't get their computer code right the first time. In fact, we are aware of many people that don't get it right after many, many years. But you have to look, you try something. If that doesn't work, you try something else. One of my friends says it's not trial and error, it's trial and trial. Trial and trial, that's, <laughs> that's good. But, and, but that's hard for many people to accept today because so many things on social media, in the media, books you read, podcasts that you listen to, uh, say, you know, you, you, you got to have it all. You got to have it all now. You can have it all now. You just got to want it bad enough. And you know what? I just don't find that to be the case. And I've coached thousands of people at all different levels within companies. And again, and, and this is really kind of humorous because it was years ago, um, I had left a, a large company and was working with a coach. And he kept telling me, Jeanette, life is a process, not an event. And I kept, and he kept repeating that, life is a process, not an event. And I kept saying, I got it, I got it. But I really want that, I really want that event now. I want it to happen now. And I wasn't getting it clearly. And then it wasn't until like probably 10 years later that I finally got it, that it's a process, it's not an event. And all the experiences I had had in between that conversation that I initially had with my coach and then the 10 years later, I really had a lot of challenges, a lot of experiences that helped me better understand like, oh, that's what that means. And then part of it, I think, really focusing back in on our topic today is a lot of times we weren't taught how to talk positively about ourselves. Uh, we weren't taught how to brag about ourselves. We weren't taught about how to promote ourselves. And I think a lot of times that also gets in our way of helping us to have more patience, uh, to understand that life is a process, not an event. And once that event happens, guess what? It starts all over again. 
Right. Well, and, and the other way that people often say it is instead of life is a process, life is a journey. Actually also relate to the travel of travel. And often, as I've learned now in my getting to be more and more years of life, is that it might have been that 10 years ago or 15 years ago or last week, we weren't ready. We weren't ready emotionally. We weren't ready spiritually. We weren't ready mentally. We weren't ready in whatever way it was for whatever we thought was in and that we needed to allow that time to pass in order for us to be ready for that event that we thought that we wanted all those years ago. I mean, when I came out of college, and there are many people that were, will relate to this, many people think, okay, in five years, I'm gonna be CEO. Well, that doesn't happen. I mean, it happens to maybe one or two people that every now and then found their own company and, and things do happen for them. But for the large majority of people, it's like wanting to be a pro basketball player or a pro football player. That happens to a very small right. people. And I wasn't ready to be CEO. I mean, it's, it's exactly the advice you got from your coach. It's an event. You think you want the event, but you have to go through the process. I wasn't ready to be CEO. I was actually CEO of the National Women's Hall of Fame in 2015, which was many years later, 40 almost, <laughs> years later after I graduated. And by then I was ready to take on those responsibilities. And I did understand what was required, but it took that entire journey over all of those years to get to be ready, you know, what, what are my skills and what can I brag about and what are my accomplishments and how can I promote myself and what is it that I'm good at? And by the way, what is it that I'm not good at? Mm -hmm. Don't commit myself to do those kinds of things as well. So what kind of challenges have, you know, you and I both started our careers when women in managerial professions were not a lot, of, there weren't a lot of us, let's just put it that way. And so we've had those kind of challenges and you know the, the old saying, Chinese proverb that says, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And a lot of women today are also going through this glass ceiling. And part of the issue I believe is the bragging, the promoting themselves and being able to stand up and speak up and say, hey, I did that, hey, I can do that but do it in a way that isn't confrontational. And with your experience and my experience, there's times when we did have to stand up and we did have to talk a little bit louder to be heard. And we, but we also had to learn how to network more effectively. We had to learn how to build relationships in some many ways differently than a lot of people would have to do today, for, particularly for upwardly mobile professionals. So, and you've talked with thousands of people out there, um, particularly women in STEM. What would you say would be their top challenge today in being heard? I think it goes back to relationship building and trust building. That the, for the boards that I sit on, and one of those boards, I'm the only woman, although there have been periods of time over the years that I've sat on the board that there's been another woman but at this point in time, there is trust and respect and an ability to have my voice heard because we, I have spent that time 
building those relationships with all of those people. I, I still think, and this goes back to a comment that you made earlier in the podcast, the social media is really skewing our view of the world, right. I believe, you know, and I'm right. going to sound like my mother, but guess what? <laughs> I did. They came before us. <laughs> and, and one of the things we have to remember is that in the end, everything is relationships with other people. And that requires face-to-face, it requires building, it requires establishing a relationship, building that relationship, building the trust. And once you have that trust and that relationship, then you can be heard because you are no longer an other. You are no longer an unknown quantity and people respect you. You've you've built that. You've built the, the trust so that they can hear you. And there is no substitute for doing this. It's hard work. You have to do it. You have to put the time into it in order to make it happen. Yeah, I recently wrote a quote uh, that that goes something like this, that success alone is not really success in business. A lot of people today do the DIY approach, the do-it-yourself approach, and they think they don't need other people. They don't need the relationships. It's okay to burn all these bridges. And, And what I think you and I have this unique perspective is that we see what happens to people who do burn those bridges, who don't stand up and promote themselves, who don't say, you know, I do know how to do that, and this is what I achieved in doing that, Such, and particularly women. I mean, there's a lot of young men who are having these challenges today as well, is being able to say to their boss, it's like, this is what I achieved today, or this is what I achieved on that project, because too often we believe our boss should know the hierarchy within a company or a board should know. But the reality is they don't know because we haven't shared. And, and, a lot of, and there's other times on the other side of that is sometimes people share and they, they come across very arrogantly, very egotistically. So in your experience, when you are talking with women and men, what would be some key advice that you would share with them, with our audience today, that says, yep, bragging is important, but do it in such a way that you're selling yourself, you're not coming across in such a way that people can't hear you. It's so important. I wanna go back to a point that you made earlier in this little bit of this conversation, and that is do not burn bridges. Right. so important. You never know when, I mean, the the do-it-yourself approach has, benefits i mean i have my own company but the relationships with clients the relationships with customers the relationship with potential clients with others in the industry all of those relationships are very important and the way that you express information about your accomplishments i mean i said in reviewing your book jeanette that this actually works pretty well for engineers the methods that you have outlined because it's easy for an engineer, a woman engineer or a male engineer for that matter, to say, I've brought the last five projects that I worked in on time. Each one was 5% or 10% under budget. I know what I'm doing. I like working on these kinds of projects. Give me some more. I managed X number of people. The project size was 
$10,000 to a billion dollars, whatever the size of the project is, in a very factual way without, you know, standing on your laurels and puffing up your chest <laughs> and going, oh, well, I'm better than you. No, mm -hmm. I'm not better than you. We're just different. But these are the projects that I handled. These are my accomplishments. This is what I did. Of course, the, the other point that you made about bosses and that the boss should know, the boss doesn't know. And <laughs> by the way, the boss cannot read your mind. And so <laughs> it's like other relationships, like a spousal relationship. Well, my spouse should know how I feel. Well, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not unless you know how to talk it out and, and have a conversation. <laughs> no, no, no one knows how you feel. No one knows what you're thinking. No one knows unless you tell them. They are not mind readers. That's good. That is so good. It's, it's, very, it's very important. And I think that's why self-promotion today is so important. And again, I think it's important, like you just outlined, is to get the specifics of what you've done talk about it numerically factually also what was the result and a lot of times you know people don't know they don't know what they've done in in my response to that is you do know take the time and think back about what it is that you have accomplished what were the specifics what were the outcomes and how did you contribute to that because I do think it is very important today in particular that people say, hey, I did do that and here's what my results were. Right. And it's particularly important for women as yes. women get overlooked and they all, women also often defer to the team. You know, my team did the this. we versus I. Yes. And it's important to understand that the team did it because of the team leadership that was a factor in the success yeah it took the whole team however big that team is to accomplish it but a direction was set a tone at the top was set a style and an expectation was set and all of those things contributed to the success of the project starting with my team but it was my it was me <laughs> well and as a, and i don't want to take away the responsibility of team members because team members i have also seen having been on worked on some very large teams some very large projects each team member is important and it's owning that hey i i did that i created that I, along with my team, also did X, Y, Z. So it is important that to, in today's world that we learn how to promote ourselves, particularly if we want to move up in an organization or even if we want to do a side hustle or become an entrepreneur, it's important that we know how to sell ourselves because if we can't sell ourselves, we're not going to get those positions. There's just a lot of competition out there today. I have a friend, her first name is Jackie, by her boss as Dumost because D-O-M-O-S-T, because anything he asked her to do, she could do most of it. <laughs> anything that he asked her, and he gave her all of the hard projects, all of the very difficult projects, and she did them all. And so when it came time for the next promotion and the next promotion and the next promotion, he knew he could depend on her, he knew she would deliver, and she did deliver. And today she's a CEO. It makes a difference, but it's also being able to share that hey, I did that, and, and do it in such a way that other people can hear you. Yes. So, so thank you. My favorite question that I ask of each and every guest is, what does success mean to you? 
means to me doing the things that I believe are important and that have value to me and the world. Wow, I love that. So I want to thank my guest, Jill Tijan. Again, the URLs for the books mentioned in today's On the Air with Jeanette Sibley are provided in the podcast overview. And I want to thank the audience today for listening to On the Air with Jeanette Sibley. It's your time for success. Tune in next week for more insights on how to achieve the success you've always wanted with my straight talk for dynamic results. And until next week, enjoy a great and successful week.